All right, we got a bunch of different random topics we've been kicking around, so we're going to talk about them all in this one kind of special little episode. Uh, first one is conversation, something you wrote. Uh, we'll link back to it in the show notes here. Something you think about is, uh, so you have two kids talking about this with your family. Should your kids go to college? Like, Are you going to send your kids to college? Is that something you've, you've already thought about? I don't know. I'm going to leave it up to them. So I've thought a lot about this, and I'd say my wife kind of feels a little bit differently than I do. But my view is most people who go to college today shouldn't go to college. Right? I think we've kind of pushed everyone down this road of everyone's got to go to college, everyone's got to go to college, and most people that I meet that have gone to college don't know why they went to college. So it's kind of just become this um, almost like almost – like uh, yeah, you just—it's just a progression. You have to do it, right? You yeah, went you have to. You went to high school. The question isn't what are you going to do after high school. It's where are you going to college. Exactly. So if you want to, if my kids want to go to college, hell yes, I'll send them to college. But that's the key word there. If they want to, if they if they want to do something that requires college or they want to go to college, I'm all for it. But just this idea of everyone just like sheep go to college, not knowing why they went to college. Come out of college, a hundred, two hundred thousand dollars in debt, and yeah. don't know what they want to do with their life. That's nonsense. So, so if, if your say your daughter comes to you and she says, "I want to go to college," are you going to accept that answer as it is? Or are you going to push back on her and say why? Because if she says, "Like, what if the answer is, well, Dad, I'm in high school, and you know, ninety percent of my grade is going to college," is that I, the is that matter? Hell no, <laughs> that's my answer. See, of course, I'm going to push back. So I'm going to go push back and understand. Why does she think she wants? Why does she think that she should go to college? What does she want to get out of it? If she tells me I want to go because my friends are going, or I want to go because I want to party, not a good answer. Yeah. And I'm going to push. Back. There's better ways to spend two hundred grand. Exactly. Go take two hundred grand and go travel the world for a few years or a decade or however long. <laughs> however long two hundred grand lasts you, like uh, I think that could could be just as valuable as anything else. What about the value of? Like living away from home and and being on your own. Like I've thought about this a lot, and uh, some of the value might not be. I have a specific reason, but you're forced to get outside of your comfort zone and be around other people, and you can't just you know rely on mom and dad. You're in a you're in a new place in a new environment, and you have to kind of fend for yourself. I'm all for that, but college as a reason to do that is not, is bullshit, right? Because it's not real. It's not the real world. You're not fending for yourself. Right, your parents are paying for your scholarship. You're not paying for your own way in most cases with college, and so um, so it's not reality. And you're in a dorm, off in some ca- in some campus in some town in some college has nothing to do with reality. I'm all for like pushing yourself and uh, getting out there, but you can do that without going two hundred thousand dollars in debt. Has this is this a newer thought for you? Like, has this changed? Like, did you feel the same way ten years ago, or is this more because? It's easier to find careers and jobs today without having to go to college. I mean, I'm glad that I went. Uh, well, I'm still paying for it. I'm not that glad. But I, I feel like 98% of what I do in my job today, ha- I didn't learn anything about that in college. Like, Has technology changed the way you think about this? I think the world has changed. So I've kind of always felt this way, you know, but part of that is, uh, you know, I went to a crappy, you know, I went to a crappy college or not interesting college, I should say. It's not crappy, right? Jerry Seinfeld went there. Uh, there you but, go. <laughs> there we go. And Ray Romano, you know, just comedians. Uh, but like, um, 
you know, was not interesting to me. And, you know, for, for, because of that and lots of other reasons, like I never finished college. I dropped out of college. Uh, so I've kind of always felt this way to some degree. But I think the bigger thing that has happened in my lifetime and is still happening is that the world has changed, that college by itself is not a qualification for most things outside a few professional services like being a doctor, being a lawyer, various other things. Uh, kind of just this idea of this college bringing you to a white-collar world and just having a generic job as a manager or some, uh, I think you know that's no longer valid. So yeah. the world is changing to a place where you need to stand up Stand, stand out, and you need to not just go through this process where you're not thinking, and at the end of it, you're going to be in some employment officer's um, room hoping that someone picks you to go get a job, right? It's funny. One of the things that we were talking about uh, recently was uh, Chris Saka had a whole thing about who he invests in and their investment thesis, mm-hmm. and one of their criteria was, um, has, has this person had a shitty job? Yep. I love that. Right, I love this. The uh, uh has this person had a shitty job and really kind of exposed themselves to the reality of the world and come out of this bubble. And that's maybe related to to my feeling of wanting people to get out there and wanting people to at least experience or understand why they're doing these things because they need to understand how this fits in the bigger world versus being in this kind of isolated, you know, American path of, you know grow up, go to high school, go to college, not really think about anything. Well, after that, start thinking about what yeah. you want to do. There's, and there's also this trend of like people starting companies or people doing amazing things that had zero expertise in that area because you kind of have this uh, you have this lens. Like it's easy to say, you know, this person is building marketing technology because they've been a marketer their whole life. They've done this for 30 years. Mm-hmm. But some of the best innovations come when a person that has completely from the outside says, why don't you guys do it like this? I, I think that's true, but I think that's always been the case. That is all of history. We're in this weird bubble. Maybe it's this education bubble where for the last, for recent history, to us it feels like it's been this way forever, but it's really been from the 50s to today. So you're thinking about 60 years in human history where this idea of people coming out of high school and going into this white-collar world and going to co- and having to go to college to get into that world, that's only existed for that time. Right. right? For thousands of years, there was never this, this thing. Right? And people were inventors and painters and uh, builders and creators and scholars, and, but never had to go through this process. We're looking at this last 50 to 60 years and, and thinking this is the way it's always been and this is the way it's always going to be. Yeah. You know, we're just coming in and out of a little bubble that's only lasted for a short amount of time. All right, I'm excited to see uh, people tweet at you at decancel for, <laughs> for thoughts about Bring the hate. going to college. So, so do that. Next topic, um, the difference between rich friends and poor friends or just the, the way that they, the different things that they do. Tell me about what you've noticed. Yeah. Rich friends. Other than the friends. fact they have more money. <laughs> yeah. So rich does not mean rich in terms of dollar bills, although that's, that might be cool too if that's what you care about. Uh, rich could be in terms of education, experience, whatever it is that you value, right? Wealth is uh, measured in whatever is relevant to you. It does not have to be money. So I think there's this, uh, this concept of rich friends, poor friends, and uh, much like the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, right? So I'm going to go out and write this book now. Let's trademark <laughs> this, Rich Friends, Poor Friends. Uh, and the idea is that you want to surround yourself with and have the world view of rich friends, 
right? Those people that you know that are optimists, that are always thinking about what's possible, that are pushing the way that you're thinking, that are kind of opening your worldview. And we've talked about role models in a previous episode, but that can be role models for you, right? Those are rich friends. And then we all have poor friends, right? And poor friends are those, one, uh, those naturally pessimistic. Naturally, the world's against them. Everyone's against them. Illuminati this. People against them. They can't get a job. Everyone's trying to screw them. Everyone's trying to bring them down. And those people, you don't want to be around. Because those people are going to be people that are going to, instead of being a role model, they're going to narrow your, they're going to bring you down, right, to their level. And so you want to surround yourself with rich friends, not poor friends. So there's another analogy we'll talk about in a second that I want you to mention uh, here. But one question about uh, rich friends and poor friends. There was another thing that you noticed, which is uh, the things that these people do with their time uh, and their money. I think I think you you've mentioned this to me before. Is that um, rich friends are more? They do more things with their money than they're, but they're really selfish and really protective of their time. Yeah, and so uh, I think it. You know, on some level, rich friends to me are the ones that have an abundant mentality. So they're always thinking about abundance and they're willing to, you know, in terms of money, spend more money, you know, invest in their own education, give away more money to charities like they're trying because they have an, uh, this mentality that it's going to come back to them, that the, the world is abundant. So that is your worldview as a you know, rich friend is the world is abundant and I will get more. Poor friends have a scarcity mentality, and so they want to keep everything tight. They don't want to spend any money. They don't want to invest in their own education, even though they may be walking around with the latest sneakers, the latest car, the latest whatever. If you ask them to invest in their education, that invest in giving money to charities, they're going to keep that money because they have a scarcity mindset, right? And so you want to be around people who are thinking abundance. Yeah. Abundance is what you need to think about. But but the other thing, this uh, this goes back to the time management thing too, mm-hmm. right? It's kind of a, the flip side of this is that the reason that some of these people are rich is because they're really ruthless about what they spend their time yeah, on. Yeah, they're super focused. So rich friends, you know, my rich friends are generous with their money, generous with... Uh, the, but with everything except time. Time is the one thing that you cannot get back. You can get back money. You can lose all your money and make some more money. You can you know, get back those type of things. You can't get back time. And so they're really selfish and protective of their time, and they're really focused on their goals and achieving what they need to do. Poor friends, on the other hand, are really cheap with their money, uh, but have all the time in the world. Right. They want to play Super Mario Brothers. They want to hang out. They want to go to a football game. They want to go do this. They want to go hang. They want to go uh, sit on your couch with you. Like they got all the time in the world. They got no time to focus. They got they're too cheap to actually invest in themselves or to be generous with their money. But they have all the time in the world. Avoid those people. Well, I want to go uh, in deeper on this this one thing because I think this is a lot. This is th- something that comes up with a lot of people is. Um, so, so something that comes with that is saying no, right? A lot of people ask you to, hey, let's let's grab a. Can I grab a coffee? Can I pick your brain? Can I spend ten minutes talking about this? And uh, I've noticed this from you. This is something that Darmesh has a great um, post on. Mm-hmm. You know, Tim Ferriss has talked about this a lot. Which is uh, the default is no. Yeah, the default. I think we'll link up all those things in the show notes. And uh, Derek Sievers also has a fantastic post. Actually, the best post ever. 
better than all those. Do all respect you, uh, which is called Hell Yeah or No. That's the name of his post. And Derek, in Derek's post, what he say, what he says is that he got to a place where he was just the same thing. Everyone wants fifteen minutes, so just take fifteen minutes. Just take five minutes. Let, let me. Let's just do a Skype call. Let's just meet. Let's just do coffee. Let's just do this. And he finally got to. A, he had all this kind of abundance and opportunity, but. What he figured out was like it wasn't making him happier. It wasn't making him more productive. And he came up with this framework, which was unless I say hell yes to something, I'm going to say no. So no yes, that would be cool. Yes, maybe. Hell yes. Hell yes, I want to do this. Or I default to no. I wrote a blog post about this recently. It's something that I'm still struggling with. We all struggle with this. But, you know, you want to go, you want to help people. Right? You want to, people have helped me, people have helped you. You want to go out and help people, but there aren't enough hours in the day. Right? I have a company, I have a family, I have friends. I need uh, to focus on myself. Yeah. I need to you know, spend more time reading. Yeah. Uh, that, I think the, the most underrated thing about that is, is on paper, a 20-minute, 30-minute coffee meeting, it seems easy, right? You have that. Mm-hmm. But what I'm starting to realize, it's... it's um, it's the time that it takes to switch gears, right? Yes. So if you're in the middle of working and then you leave to go for a coffee meeting, mm-hmm. that's almost like an hour and a half of of ramp up time, ramp down. Like it's not just a thirty minute meeting. It's, it's not, and for it's not just a thirty minute meeting. So you got to ramp up, ramp down, and for the mo- most times, people just want to talk. They don't really have an agenda. So you ask, oh, what are we going to meet about? Oh, I just want to talk about this. And in most cases, those people are really just talking to themselves out loud. And I don't even have to be there. So I have no value of being there. I'm no no guru that I'm going to have some magical wisdom that I'm going to give them. But if it was a specific ask, that might make that a little bit easier. Might make it a little easier. But these days, I'm defaulting to no. I'm not meeting with anybody. You know, unless it helps Drift. It's part of what we're doing at Drift. Or it helps my family. No, I have no time. Okay, last last topic on this little threefer of random things today. Uh, you just mentioned this to me, and I want it's a it's a good one. And it relates to what we were talking um, about here, with surrounding yourselves with the right people. Crabs, uh, <laughs> crabs in the bucket. That's all I can say. You got to take this one. It's called crabs in the pot. Crabs in the pot. There and you go. it's an old uh, old story, and I love this story. So if you've ever cooked crabs the way you usually cook crabs is you get a big giant pot you fill it with a little water and you pour in a bunch of crabs those crabs are still alive when you put them in the pot if you were if you sit back and look at what the crabs are doing you'll notice that every once in a while you'll have a crab that's trying to climb out of the pot and he's almost at the top he's almost at the rim he's gonna about get get over the rim he's about to get out of the pot but before he gets out of the pot Another crab comes and pulls them back down, back down into their pot. And this happens over and over and over. So there's this concept of crabs in the pot. And you want to avoid those people in your life who are those crabs that are going to pull you back down. That's why you want to surround yourself with those rich friends. You want to surround yourself with people who are going places uh, because by default, humans are going to try to bring you back down to their level. Right, whether it's jealousy, whether it's you know their own feelings that they're dealing with, like they're going to bring you back on their own level, and you know you might get some haters when you're trying to climb out of a pot that says, "Dave, who do you think you are now? Dave, what do you think you're too good? You're too good. You're better than the rest of us. Why are you trying to do that? You changed, Dave. What's wrong with you? 
Uh, you used to be cool. Now you all you want right. to do is work. Yeah. Right? Those are the crabs in your life that are going to pull you back down. And you got to jump out of that pot before they pull you down. And this goes back to what we were just talking about, which is like, it's it's sucks to do, but it's going to make you better. Say no. Say no to those meetings. Say no to hanging out with those people. You can actually get further by subtracting some of the things in in your life, right? People, clutter, things, whatever. Yeah, I think that's the the big meta lesson for me, which I'm still learning. It's taken me this long time to figure out, which is reduce, 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 reduce in all things, right? To get that focus, whether it's people that are bringing you down, whether it's reduce in terms of complexity of the problem you're trying to solve, like always reduce, reduce, reduce to get that focus. This can even be your to-do list. Like, re- like you know, instead of people, you have a list of 10 things, right? Mm-hmm. Nine of them are, are, you know, jawing at you trying to get your attention. Yeah. But it's really that one thing that that's you can do thing. that's that, going to have the biggest impact. It's another episode we always talk about internally, which is called The One Thing, Big Rocks. Yeah. We'll get back to that. Cool. All right. Uh, send us in questions uh, on Twitter, SeekingWisdom.io or at Decancel. Email them, decancel at decancel.com. Whatever you want to ask, We'll shout you out on the show. We'll do a whole episode dedicated to listener questions. Uh, That's it for this episode of Seeking Wisdom. Five-star reviews only. That's it. We'll talk to you soon.